you are about to listen to a sermon from Common Ground Church in Rapid City, South Dakota. We hope to see you in person. For more information visit commongroundcma.org. This is such a weird and really kind of an exhausting thing to have a service and imagine that you're there. I, we know you're there because we see you online chatting and things like that, but we can't see you, and it does weird things to our heads. Uh, we actually go home from this way more exhausted than after normal service. But uh, yeah, everything's different now. Today was supposed to be the day that our pastoral uh, candidate would come and visit us, but because of all of these things, he is not able to travel here, and we aren't able to assemble to meet him. So that will be on hold for a while, like a lot of things are. So it's Palm Sunday, and instead of hearing from Evan like we hoped we would, uh, you got these three guys. You've got us up here, and we thought, the three of us thought it would be kind of fun on Palm Sunday to jump ahead to Friday and look at the story of Barabbas, because it is a crazy, amazing story. And you're going to get three perspectives of that. We're also going to invite you, the listening audience, uh, to send in comments and questions while we're doing this. We want to make this interactive as much as we can. And uh, so if you have a question about anything in this series or about what we're talking about today, we would invite you to uh, just text that to us, put that in the chat thing, and, uh, and let us know. And I'm trying to find my phone so I can read those things when that happens. So I'm going to put that here. Yeah, because... if, you, if you guys need this, let's... Uh... <laughs> We got the recorder going and everything, right? Yep. Okay. okay. So we, can, we can definitely all share this. So yeah, here we go. All right. So uh, I'm going to start by reading out of Matthew 27 the story of Barabbas, and then we're going to turn it over to Matt and Justin, and then and then myself, and then you guys as you throw in some questions and comments. Uh, they'll go to other scriptures, I think, along with Matthew. Matthew just has the the most detail, I guess, in in this story. So here it is. It's in Matthew chapter 27. If you would like to follow along, I'm beginning with verse 15. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two of you do you want me to release? Or which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water, washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. 
Thanks for reading that, Nick. I'd like to just open us up in a quick prayer before we go ahead and uh, officially jump into these little discussions. So, uh, Heavenly Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, um, I'm so thankful for this opportunity to learn about you in a new way. I just pray that uh, you would challenge our brains, Lord, and you would teach us new things about you. I pray that this story would reveal new things about you, Jesus, um, and it would just have us have better revelations and to see you more clearly, Jesus. Um, as the amazing king that you are, uh, the lamb, the lion, uh, and, and so many different things, Jesus. Um, so we just ask that this morning in your holy name. Amen. Yeah. Now, uh, that story is really great because it kind of just gives you an overview of, you know, who Barabbas was and, and why he's important to Jesus. Right, so um, a custom tradition that they had at the time was during Passover, Pontius Pilate um, would release someone who was in prison who was destined for death. And so um, it was a very weird occasion because um, it was kind of like a democracy, but um, a mob rule, I would say, because I was reading a passage. I can't remember if it was in John or if it was in Luke, but basically, you know, he was he was out in a courtyard of some kind and there was a crowd of people and he goes, do who do you want? Do you want Jesus or do you want Barabbas? And they shouted. And basically the loudest shout was who got to be set free. And I even read an interpretation that says like the Pharisees were going around and they were trying to convince people that Barabbas was the one that they wanted to set free. So it was like you have this these like these priests and these Pharisees going around being like, oh, we got to pick Barabbas and we got to set him free and not this Jesus guy. And so uh, it's just a very weird way of handling their crime and punishment. And so I just wanted to take a look at Barabbas and offer some perspective on this guy. Like, who was he? Why was he in prison? Like, what would it be like if, like, what would his crimes look like today if, if he was this, you know, if he was living with us in our time? Um, so I just wanted to, you know, talk about, you know, my perception of Barabbas was that, you know, I always understood him to be like a robber for some for some reason. And, and actually, I found out why that is. Um, but that actually isn't the whole truth. He was not actually a robber. Um, one of the interpretations of the Bible um, just translated it to robber. And we'll talk about that in a second. But he was a guy who was hated by the Romans. Right. The Romans did not like Barabbas. Um, the ruling class, the establishment, they didn't like this guy um, because he actually was not a thief. He was a insurrectionist, a rebel, someone who was causing political trouble. And he was not giving the Romans the easiest time because actually he was part of a major insurrection that happened. Um, so, yeah, I just want to talk about this, this thief ideology and how... You know, a lot of people think Barabbas was this thief, but that's actually a common misconception and one that I definitely held. Um, and actually, one thing that gave me a lot of perspective was, like, think about punishment. Like, think about what you do to a thief. Um, you usually don't crucify a thief, right? <laughs> like, you don't go, oh, you stole my, you know, you stole my, my lawnmower. Like... Death penalty. That's not like what happens, right? You know, um, I just want I, this for, for some perspective is, you know, for thievery, we have two different types of like theft, thefts that you can be charged for. Um, so we have petty theft, which is, you know, maybe you go to a gas station, you steal Snickers. It's, you know, petty theft because it's not that much money, right? They typically classify it as less than $500. <laughs> And your punishment for that is, you know, maybe it's a slap on the wrist. You know, if you're a little kid, they go, don't do that. Return return what you've stolen and we'll call it good. Um, but if you do get tried and you do get convicted, you could see some jail time. But it's usually less than a year, right? That's petty theft. 
The next thing you can be charged for is if you're a little more dangerous and you're a little bit more of a criminal, you can do grand theft, which is stealing um, stealing items of value of $500 or greater. Um, and then you've probably heard of like Grand Theft Auto, which basically means that they've stolen a car, right. which is now Grand Theft because that car is worth more than five hundred dollars. Um, so this is this is bad. Not this car. This is bad. <laughs> um, you're still not gonna die for that. Um, so I want to bring that up. So again, this is punishable by prison time, um, and you could probably see this, you know, by over a year in prison, three years, five years, depending on what you've stolen, right? You know, because you could steal a precious artifact, which is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, and that would be bad. But I doubt they're going to kill you for that. They're going to say, return that and go to prison. Now, I just want to bring this up, and this varies from state to state, but, you know, it's the it's really not that bad considering, you know, we can sentence someone to life in prison, or we can sentence, sentence them to go die, right? We have the death penalty, capital punishment. Things like that. So it just gives you some perspective that, you know, um, it's typically not customary to sentence someone to die for thievery. Now, I want to look in the past because, you know, the typical thievery punishment is that you stole something, you're going to get your arm chopped off. And that that's something that they did back in the day, you know. Um, one of the most famous ways was to cut their arm off, to cut their hand off, um, and that seems pretty bad. I obviously wouldn't want to get my hand chopped <laughs> off. It looks really painful. Actually, this isn't a side note, but I was watching this show called The Good Doctor, and they actually had to do an amputation because there was an earthquake and, and all this and that. And, and to be honest, it was a dramatization, but it still looked very, very uncomfortable, and they had pain medication, so I can't imagine someone just <laughs> taking your arm off. Um, but at the end of the day, if, if I did steal something and that was my punishment, I would still have my life. Yeah. And that, to me, is, is, is better than the death penalty. Um, so going on from there, um, you know, sometimes people would die when they stole. Um, it was within the shop owner's rights, if someone stole from you, that you could kill them. Like if they're running away from you. I don't know why this popped into my head, but I thought of Aladdin and how he like stole that piece of bread and he's like, ah, street bread. And like, and I thought, you know, all the shop owners could kill Aladdin. Right. It was within their rights. <laughs> but I'm glad they didn't because that was a good movie, you know, Diamond in the Rough and everything. Um, so. <laughs> Where am I going with this? I even wrote in my notes a Latin question mark. But. So point is, is it wasn't customary to kill a thief unless it was right in the act. Um, typically, they actually, um, if they caught you after the fact, they'd ask you to pay back the value of what you've stolen by four or five times. So they would say, okay, you stole you know, five shillings, so now you're going to pay back 25 shillings. Um, so that's that's kind of like the the perspective there, right? So if we think about it in terms of today, right? Um, he he probably did something much much worse. And we think about the crimes that get you the death penalty, and a lot of the times it's murder, um, murder of a very high degree. You know, we we have different types of murder. We have like manslaughter. We have second and first degree, um, and we could definitely you know we understand that there's worse types of murder, right? And so this guy did something very very bad, and we'll dive into that in a second here. Um, but I just I just want to bring up this one verse to give us some more perspective on this. So if you guys would just open your Bibles to John 18, 38, 40, just a few verses. It's, it's very short, but I want to just bring this up. Um, it says this, and this is um, 
during that, that trial, that Passover time where he was letting those prisoners free, and, he, um, and I'll just go ahead and start in verse 38, and it said, After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, and that's Jesus, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas! Now Barabbas was a robber. And that is where misconceptions can begin. And I think this is where my misconception came from. Because um, I actually did a little digging. And that robber word they use there actually is, I think it's a Greek word meaning lestes or lestes, um, meaning a bandit. And what's so weird is our understanding of bandit has kind of changed over time. And so we think of a bandit as someone who thieves. Right, And so it's natural to think that, oh, a bandit, a robber. But in the time, it wasn't like that. A bandit was someone who was in a band. Someone who was in a group of people. So he was just a, a, a band member of a band. He was a bandit. Now, I want to keep going on from there. Um, because in my Bible, it's really funny. is They put that he was a robber. But if you look in the footnotes, it says... This might be as interpreted as an insurrectionist, which is way more accurate. <laughs> yeah. So they even acknowledge that robbery isn't the, like, there's multiple ways to interpret this. But to me, that insurrectionist just gives me so much more clarity and makes me understand that so much more. Because even when I read that, it's like, wow, they're killing this robber. That seems kind of intense. But no, he actually was an insurrectionist, a, re- a rebel. And we kind of touched on that at the beginning. Um, so I wanted to just, you know, talk about that. It's like, why was he in prison? Well, we established that he's this insurrectionist, and that's really bad. You know, like political people that are trying to take down the Roman government, that was serious business, um, and they did not treat you very kindly. So now it makes sense why he's getting the death penalty. Um, but I, I just found this story, and I just thought it was, it, it just gave me a little perspective, and so I want to share that with you guys, is... Um, there's some historical background that says the story behind this insurrectionist um, or this insurrection is that there was like a there was this magnificent gate to the temple and the Romans put a giant eagle on this gate and the eagle was like a big Roman symbol of like you know we're in control of everything like this is your temple but you you need to know that like us Romans like we're in control here our eagle is on your gate and so every day when the Jews went to worship at the temple, they would, they would walk through this gate and they would see that giant eagle. And so every day they were seeing this and, and being upset at Rome. And that anger was building inside of them. And, and every day they were like, I just want these Romans out of here so we can do what we want um, and things like that. Uh, so one day there was a rebellion where they were trying to get rid of this Roman symbol. Um, and Barabbas was in this rebellion. And he was a, an angry person, and he was kind of viewed as kind of like this warrior. Um, he actually committed murder against a Roman soldier and killed and killed someone. And so he was a, a rebel, he was a murderer, and that is why he was in prison. Um, but many, many viewed this guy as a hero. That's what's kind of interesting is like, um, you know, he was hated by... I'm losing my paper here. I'll just hang on to it. Um, he was... He was hated by a lot of people, but he was also like loved by some zealots and some really intense people that wanted Rome out of Israel. Um, so that could be part of the reason why they chose Barabbas is because he was more of that warrior. He had a history of fighting the Romans, which is an immediate want that they that the Jews wanted. 
Um, so mostly, like I would think, like the Pharisee and the establishment and the higher ups, the people that did not like Jesus probably liked Barabbas a lot more than this Jesus guy that they was stirring up things. And and I just wanted to bring this up because um, I just think about the time that Jesus cleansed the temple. And how that probably really made them mad. And how it really just, you know, he went in and he got all those tables out of there. And all the, the sellers and traders and, and was like, this is the temple of God. Get out of here, you crazy people. Um, so they definitely did not like Jesus just from that moment. Um, but I wanted to switch this to you guys because I think about, I brought this up of how they had this moment where they're at the trial. And they were, they were, you were, you were your choices were... Do you choose Jesus or do you choose Barabbas? And then I, I thought about that moment where those Pharisees were walking around and they were going, we need to make sure we pick Barabbas. And so basically the higher ups chose who was saved. Right. And so I thought like I thought about a situation like, man, like a lot of people that loved Jesus didn't have a say in that at all. Like the Pharisees went in and they made the choice for the people. So I wanted to offer you guys up this question and have a little bit of discussion about it. So, two people are in prison. One is your beloved pastor, in my case, Nick. For Nick's case, he has to choose a respected member or a respected pastor that he loves or respects or whatever. Um, and the other pr- prisoner is a political representative that you really don't like. And that can be right or left. I wrote, maybe it's Nancy Pelosi, maybe it's Mitch McConnell. Um, and you find out, so a whole trial happened. You didn't know what was going on. You wake up the next day and you find out that they've sentenced your pastor to die and they've given you back Nancy Pelosi or they've given you back Mitch McConnell instead. How would that make you guys feel? <laughs> well, it'd make me feel horrible because <laughs> I was the guy that got sentenced to death. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be very sad. I'd be so sad. I'd be indignant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we would have a sense of, well, that's not just. Mm-hmm. That's just not fair, mm-hmm. and we tend to idolize fairness and that kind of thing. So I, I think, yeah, there'd be a pretty strong reaction to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. I just I feel like I would feel like it was really unfair or, or unjust or yeah. I, I think I don't know. I, I think it'd be really difficult to know even just who had the full responsibility to like. Oh, do I blame the Romans? Is this their fault again, or is this the the religious leaders or? Yeah, I think it would cause a lot of a lot of confusion. Yeah, and now put yourself in the time and imagine you're one of the people who got to witness one of Jesus's talks, mm-hmm. and remembering like how amazing his speeches were and how like you just made a connection and you know you recognized him as your Lord and Savior, and then the next day you find out you wake up and you're like, wait, wait, they we got Barabbas back and Jesus. Like, how would that make you guys feel then? I mean, I hope I hope people wouldn't think like, "Oh, I picked the wrong guy." <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I just think that there would be a really deep sense of that kind of like, yeah, polarized just injustice. Like, this is just not right, God. What are you doing? How how could this man who is righteous maybe asking some of the questions that Jesus was asked, but from a more innocent perspective of, well, if he's the Messiah, like, if he did all these miracles that I saw him do, then how come he can't? save himself now or won't save himself now. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I'm going to reserve my answer because I actually am going to touch on this. Oh, perfect. Uh, in a little bit here. Uh, so uh, a question did come in. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah, the question was, Matt seems very familiar with this idea of stealing a Snickers bar from a gas station. <laughs> was that something you actually did? This was not something that I did, but it was something that I was a um, an uncomfortable bystander. I hung out with this child at the time I was in first grade, and we went to this local uh, gas station. I think it was like called an RC or something like that, or, or like a KC or something. Um, it wasn't Casey's, but anyways, he was like, yeah, you just walk in and you just take the candy that you want, and then you walk out the door, and I remember, like, I didn't do it because I was like, this ain't right, something isn't right here. Um, we didn't hang out after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so you weren't a member of his band? No, I was as, not as a, a member of his yeah. band. All right. I was not a bandit, right. a part right. of his group. So Okay, I should probably also say I totally made that question up, but nobody actually asked that. <laughs> oh, but I, just, no, I, just I will say, that's where that came from, is that was a scenario that I had to watch and feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, I bet. So it would be. Okay. Well, that's all I got is just, you know, just a conclusion of that little, um, that discussion of, you know, it's really weird that, you know, Barabbas was just, he, he was a complex guy and it wasn't quite as simple as he was just a thief and they threw back a thief. It was, it was more complex than that. Okay. Oh, that's a good, good setup, Matt. So we'll see where Justin takes that. Yeah, so um, if, if you guys remember a few, I guess months ago now, uh, sermons and things like that, I talk about how much I love names and knowing the, the reason behind names and why people are named certain things. And I see a, a trend in Scripture where even sometimes I think people are named sort of after the fact, after they see kind of what their actions are like. Um, or their names have something to do, you know, God will give them a name that... That corresponds more so with with their identity, and um, so I was really curious about the name um, Barabbas, um, particularly because I'm studying Hebrew, and I know that the, the word um, Abba means father, and um, I found out that the name, like the, the first part of that bar, um, is the uh, I think it's Aramaic for son of, and so Barabbas's name is son of. Father, son of the father, um, which which also um, Abba could mean like teacher uh, or like somebody being referred to as even maybe like a religious leader would be referred to as a father or a rabbi might be referred to as a father. Um, and so I, it just really struck me. I was like, that's really interesting that you have son of son of a father or son of the father contrasted with the son of the father, Jesus. Uh, and then th- that was highlighted even even more um, when, after doing some digging, I found out that uh, in some ancient manuscripts, of, I think it's actually Matthew 27, um, we find out that that uh, Barabbas's first name was probably Jesus or Yeshua, uh, which is the same obviously as our Messiah's name. Um, and Yeshua means Yahweh saves, or Yahweh saves his people. And so I just think it's really interesting, kind of in the same. Vane, that's a good setup, Matt, because I think um, kind of what I wanted to do was compare and contrast the, the two characters, right? You've, so we've got kind of up on stage here, we've got Yeshua, the son of a father, and then we have Yeshua, the son of the father, and, and Pilate even makes the distinction, whom you call or who is called the Messiah, the Christ. I think he needed to make that distinction because they were probably both 
have similar names. You know, he doesn't, doesn't want there to be any, any misunderstanding of who he's talking about. Um, so we have, we have Jesus Barabbas and we have um, Jesus, uh, the, the one you call the, the Christ or the Messiah. And um, it, so, I mean, even, even if that isn't true, even if Barabbas's first name isn't Jesus, you still have Barabbas, which means son of a father. And I just think there's really interesting connection between those two things. And so kind of as I was processing through this, I was sort of realizing, and even while you were talking, I was just kind of realizing like how different these two figures were and how you have Barabbas, who is obviously not God, not the Messiah, trying to enforce his own will and the will of the people through violent means, through, through violent ends. And he was kind of doing it the way that the, the traditional idea of the Messiah would do it, through, through political upheaval. Um, and I think it's really interesting, even thinking back to um, Job's sermon about the, the religious leaders breaking not only the Torah, God's law, but, but even their own law, and how one of their accusations against Jesus was that he was an insurrectionist against Rome. And they're the ones voting for and, and fighting for, hand over foot, to have Barabbas, this insurrectionist against Rome, released in favor of um, Jesus, who was actually innocent. And so I just think about um, just the way that we are. I think a lot of people even today have uh, Jesus, the Messiah, uh, the, the real <laughs> the, the real Jesus, um, pegged as just a, a political figure, just an insurrectionist, or just a good guy, or... or just this or that, and kind of put him in a, in a box with our own uh, labels on that, and we want him to fit into those those things. But Jesus was so much more than that, and I mean, all the people, whether they were you know riled up or kind of of their own anger or deceit or whatever, they picked the wrong Jesus. And I think I think that I, I do this a lot, where I I get a picture in my mind of what Jesus should look like based on how I feel or what I think is good or right, and I end up picking the wrong Jesus. I pick the human Jesus. I pick the Barabbas Jesus over um, the real Messiah Jesus. And so I wanted to just um, kind of challenge us today to think about um, this is not something that I guess for all the people in the standing was was maybe super clear cut. I think it was probably really conflicting and it was really confusing and really difficult to understand what was going on because Jesus is plan, God's plan for the way he was going to save his people and establish his kingdom was so different than what they all thought it was going to be. So just just for us today to just really be focusing in on, rather than just going by what I think about Jesus or what I think he should be like, um, getting to know the Jesus from scripture, looking at, at who he is and, and knowing his character and making that be what informs who I believe in. Um, letting him be the real Messiah, not trusting in either a, a weird false version of Jesus or the wrong version, um, but also just not trusting in in me or the other people that I think um, should be in charge or doing things the way that I think they should be done. And that's yeah, that's pretty convicting to me personally. I think even so a lot of times I want to trust in myself or whatever else. But. So I don't really have a question. It's just. Thoughts or whatever. Okay. Well, thank you, Justin. And thank you, Matt, again, for setting us up with all that. Mm-hmm. Justin, you might be uh, interested to hear this. I, I got a, a text from uh, from Dayton, and he's saying it's kind of interesting uh, that Barabbas's crimes were insurrection and murder. Mm-hmm. And if you go back, remember how you started us off in the Garden mm-hmm. of Eden 
uh, Adam and Eve's first crime was insurrection right. against God, and then Cain mm-hmm. was the first murderer. Yeah. So it's almost like you, you, there's that parallel right. again, and Dayton pointed that out. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's um, really good. Thanks, Dayton. Yeah. Uh, Sally also pointed out that, um, that it's kind of like watching American Idol. And the person who has no talent whatsoever uh, wins. But they have a good sob story. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and, and, and I, uh, oh, Winter, did you have? Uh, no, you guys can keep talking. I was going to think back. Uh, like, so Jamin was kind of talking about um, how there's all these people that kind of follow Jesus throughout this whole ministry and like all over the place. And then you get to Jesus' trial and like how many of those people were there that had been following him and are now crying to like have him murder get killed. Um, and I was just kind of like thinking about how this is like human nature. And I don't like God reveals a lot about humanity through a lot of what he does. So like what do you guys think this reveals about humanity as a whole? Yeah, that's actually where I was going. And I don't know if you heard everything that Winter just just said there, but um, I'll kind of piggyback off of what she just piggybacked on there. Um, And and I'm going to piggyback off of what Sally said, too, because my wife and I like to watch this show called Survivor. And right now they have a season where they have all these previous winners who've already won a million dollars. Uh, coming on, and now they're all competing for $2 million, awesome. which I'm thinking, that cool. that's just ridiculous. <laughs> They've already won. You know? <laughs> and there's this one guy called Boston Rob, right? My wife loathes him. She just hates sounds him. Sounds like a bandit name. Right. It sounds like a bandit name. It sounds like a Barabbas name. And, and Lori just, she does not like this guy at all. And, and I'm, I'm like sitting there on the other side of the couch cheering him on. <laughs> Because it's just the way he plays the game, yeah. It's and the way that game's played. It's not played nice, uh, kind of thing. And and he he does not play nice, but he plays to win, and that's kind of what it's designed for. So it's interesting, you know, what we learn about human nature just by watching these shows and how people vote and what their what their opinion is of of other people. Um, I do not watch The Bachelor, but I'm sure there's probably <laughs> some who have and. They probably get really upset because the bachelor or bachelorette chooses some person that they just, oh, I hate that person. I can't stand that person. And, and then they end up winning. So that kind of goes back to the question you were asking, Matt, you know, is, and, and we do that. And then, Justin, you were leading up to that too. And it's, the, the story just really demonstrates how fickle we are as human beings. Because if you think about it, you go back to, uh, um, that was it chapter 23 or something like that. Where was it that Jesus, the, um, the, the triumphal entry happens? It was the beginning of the week. Okay. Beginning of the, the holy week. And, you know, and everybody's, you know, cheering him on saying, Hosanna, son of David, which was a messianic title, which meant we recognize you to be our king. You know, in saying that, everybody just was so happy about Jesus. You know, he's riding on the white donkey, and and that was a sign that that their king would return to Jerusalem in in that fashion. And here it is just a few days later, and all of them, every single one of them, are screaming for his blood. We We want Barabbas. Crucify Jesus. Crucify him. And the question from Jamin is, is, you know, so many people that follow Jesus, and now here it is, and... Everybody's calling out for his blood. And again, that just shows who we are as, as human beings. It's not a picture that I like because the Bible speaks the truth and the truth about us is that we, uh, we're a mess as human beings. We really are. 
Um, look how we're all responding to this coronavirus. Um, I, uh, not not a one of us, not a single one of us has responded well. Uh, we're doing our best, but there's been some really bad moments uh, in this, and it could get worse in the days to come. Uh, we cannot save ourselves. And I think that's a story that uh, that is being told here with Barabbas. A couple of things I wanted to point out, and Matt, you did a good job with it, is in, in Matthew 26, it says that he was a notorious prisoner. And that word means nobody liked him. Not even the guys in his band. Oh, really? Yeah, they'd work with him, but they really didn't like the guy. He was the kind of guy that, you know, everybody just labeled as a jerk. In fact, the word notorious, uh, the Greek word that's used there, means to be marked as an imprint on a coin. So, you know, if I hold up a quarter, we all know who's on the whose head is on the quarter, right? Hopefully we know that. <laughs> yeah. And that's the same thing. He was, he was known to be this horrible, horrible man. He did not have a good reputation. And so that's why Pilate picked him, because he thought, okay, they're, I, I need to get out of this situation. I hope they're going to pick Jesus, and, I, and, and now I'm, I'm, this is monkeys off my back. And so he picks the worst guy you could imagine, and it, the tables were turned on him because, again, these fickle Jewish leaders um, picked this insurrectionist. Uh, they said, you know what, we would rather see Jesus crucified and this guy go free. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's just how strong their motives were to destroy Jesus. So then it says that they went around the crowd persuading them. And I looked up into the Greek on that, and the word for uh, persuading uh, in Greek gives the idea of um, campaigning, okay, uh, in, in a propaganda sort of way, that I'm going to just feed you with so much stuff that you're going to change your mind uh, here. And... and we have to remember that Jesus' popularity at this time was beginning to decrease. Um, that, that, that he's been on the decline in the um, eyes of the people for some time now. And a lot of it comes down to what Justin hit on. is He does not look like the Messiah we've been waiting for. And uh, I think maybe they hoped after the triumphal entry and the cleansing of the temple that this is when Jesus was going to, you know, just start kicking Roman butt all over the place. But he chose not to. And um, that's because he had a different, a different approach uh, to how he was going to redeem his people and set them free. And so people didn't like that. And so this was it. This was kind of the crux of the matter. When you have Jewish leaders saying, we have no king but Caesar. Go back to that eagle that was outside the temple gate. That eagle represented Caesar, who in the Roman mind was divine, that he was God. And so it, it, this just staggers me that these religious men were actually rejecting God mm-hmm. and choosing Caesar. Yeah. And so, so deep was their hate, so deep was their, their sin. And, and again, I have to go back to so deep is my sin, uh, so, so messed up I am. So what we have here is really kind of an interesting story because we have... Jesus taking the place of Barabbas, which makes sense because that represents um, the, the the Passover lamb or the scapegoat out of out of uh, the Old Testament, uh, the propitiation, <laughs> the substitutionary death that would satisfy God, the vicarious death of Jesus. So Barabbas represents us in a sense that Jesus took our place when we were condemned and we were guilty, we were these notorious sinners. 
uh, and dies, this innocent man dies in, in our place. But it also kind of flips around to the fact that we as people choose the wrong Messiah. We choose the wrong Savior. Um, they got it in their head that, okay, as bad as Barabbas is, maybe he's the guy that can actually stand up to the Romans. Maybe he's the guy that can set us free. We will take Barabbas over Jesus. And and Justin already hit on it, how, how quick we are to look for alternatives other than Jesus for our lives. How we find our fulfillment, we find our purpose, um, we find our meaning, our significance in something else other than Jesus. So I want to close, and I think there's some remarks coming in. I want to close with John 1, uh, 11 through 12, because there's some hope to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it says in John 1 that, uh, very prophetic to what happened in this story, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Mm-hmm. Clearly, we see that in this story. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. It's so good that this isn't the end of the story. <laughs> uh, that we still go to the cross and we still go to an empty grave and then we find out, wow, that Jesus really is the Messiah. He really is the Savior that was promised. But here's the interesting thing. You picked up on Barabbas's name and how it means Bar, son of Abba, the father. Jesus was the true son of the father. And we were just told in John 1.12 that all who receive Christ and all who believe in his name, he gives the right to become Bar Abbas. Mm-hmm. What a turnaround yeah. uh, that we become the redeemed son, daughter of the Heavenly Father because of everything that Jesus Christ did. Mm-hmm. So as we get ready to go to questions and comments and things like that, I, I would just probably say, hey, who are you looking to to save you? And uh, maybe maybe it's the wrong one. Maybe it's the wrong source, the wrong thing. And I would just say, now more than ever is the time. Turn to Jesus, the Son of God. Uh, turn to Jesus, the Christ, uh, because he's the only one that gives us the right to be called children of God. So. All right. What do, I, what do we got coming in here? There's a few of them. I think popping yeah. Up. There's the things have been popping up. I think first of all, your wife, your wife would like to correct you and say that she doesn't loathe Boston Rock. <laughs> she just wants to see someone else win. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. She so much wants to see someone else win that she really doesn't like Boston Rock. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Well, Josh said something. You are so right, Nick, and I don't know what he's talking about oh, there, but I'll take that. He watches The Bachelor a lot, so he's talking about how you're right about The Bachelor and how it's a thing. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I also noticed that Lori's commenting on my device, so it comes across on my account. So it looks like I'm saying all these things, but it's really her saying <laughs> that. Okay, let's see. Oh, I'm looking for a question. Do we have a question? Pretty well depicts like humans like to find something else than 
what's actually good for us. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sally uh, just put, she she uh, gave us a really good insight in here. A good takeaway is that we should not let the crowd sway our truth. Mm-hmm. And again, how you know how, how easy that is for for us to happen, uh, for that to happen to us. I guess I should say, and uh, that's that's good. Stick to the truth, and even if everybody else is against you, gosh, I'd like to think there was one person in that crowd that went, no, no, save Jesus, you know. Crucify Barabbas; he deserves it. But Scripture seems to indicate not a not a one. Maddie Dills likes commented on the play on words of how Barabbas was set free from his jail time and how God sets us free from our jail time. Okay, yeah, Matthew Miller uh, commented on Barabbas being set free from his jail time and how God sets us free from our uh, jail time through Jesus Christ. So again, just a, a fascinating story. I think the uh, the incident of Jesus and Barabbas really is a great picture of what Jesus was accomplishing for all of all of humanity mm-hmm. in there. So, question for you guys: um, Do you ever wonder what happened to Barabbas after this? It, scripture doesn't tell us, so we really can't say conclusively. But I just I'm curious what people think about that. I honestly have no idea, but I assume he goes back to his antics and goes back to making trouble and being that notorious rebel that he was, you know. I I can't say for sure, but... (laughs) Kind of want to crack a joke about him being a different kind of band. Like starting a... Being still abandoned. He turned a new like, leaf. Yeah, like a folksy. Yeah. All the sons and daughters of the band. band. Yeah, he started a garage band and became a right. worship leader. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got oh, yeah. uh, oh, something else just to point out. Speaking of band, it's strongly believed by biblical scholars that the two men that were crucified on each side of Jesus were partners of Barabbas. Part of that. I, I actually came when I was doing research for this little, you know, little diddly. I actually came across across that too. Is because again, I understood those guys beside Jesus to be robbers as well. Yeah, um, and again, yeah, it's it mentioned that of how Barabbas was in that insurrection, and those two gentlemen on the cross were also likely to be a part of that insurrection and in the band with Barabbas. Mm-hmm. Ali Carter uh, pointed out uh, the poetic irony <laughs> that the Pharisees said, His blood be on us. And you think about that, that's what we should want. Uh, the <laughs> blood of Christ on all of us because that's the only means of salvation um, that we have. And so, yeah, they didn't even realize um, that they were actually affirming what Christ came to do, even though they didn't like the way he was doing it. Okay, well, do you have a closing song? I do. do? We can just really close quick, sing about our Lord and Savior. That's what I kind of focused it on is is we really are learning what it truly meant for Jesus to do in our lives. And this is a great example of literally Jesus did it twice. You know, he he was showing us that metaphor of how we as humans think we know best. We're going to choose our own Savior. We're going to choose a violent guy. We're going to choose insurrection over and we we don't you know based on our own wants and our flesh we're going to choose the wrong savior every time uh so i picked a song where we could sing about the true savior um so yeah we can go ahead and close in that song and unless you guys have any final comments we can go ahead and do that
I guess I'll just say before we close the song, thank you everybody for joining us this morning. And um, yeah, sing sing loud. We can't hear you down here. So uh, sing it out as Matt leads us. And we're going to do our best next week to work on making the words bigger on the screen. Oh yeah, so, we can probably do that. So that uh, you all are able to see the verses and follow along with us. And maybe we'll even, if you get the song list out to us ahead of time, we will post what the songs will be so you can look up those lyrics on Google and if you can't see it on the screen then then you can have them right there in front of you but really thanks guys appreciate your input and that was a lot of fun thank you winner for moderating thank you for listening we hope you have been blessed please join us again at common ground church